Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, we're still talking. Communication lines are open. I don't want to make a prediction. Ambassador Lighthizer's, uh, you know, has the play on that. Everyone's still talking. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. Uh, folks, it's uh, shaping up to be a really weird day on the trade front, but that was uh, U.S. President Donald Trump's top economic advisor, Larry Kudlow, saying that NAFTA talks are continuing. Now, of course, uh, beginning tomorrow, we got the G7 summit that uh, Canada is hosting in Quebec, and that's going to be interesting. So we'll get to more of what's going on around NAFTA and steel and aluminum tariffs. And, and apparently uh, in a phone call, U.S. President Donald Trump made reference to the 1812, the War of 1812, and the burning down of the White House in 1814 uh, to address the point about whether or not Canada is a reliable U.S. ally. That's how strange things are. Let's narrow in here, though, off the top, folks, on a one issue in particular. Look, I, I think a lot of blame can be laid at the feet of the federal government when it comes to addressing trade deals and the so-called progressive trade agenda. I think that almost put the TPP in jeopardy, and maybe that's been an issue in these NAFTA talks, too. But let's not kid ourselves. When it comes to NAFTA, there are some pretty specific things that the Americans have zeroed in on. One of them is Canada's system of supply management. This is the cartel system we've set up for dairy and poultry producers in Canada. The quota system, the massively high tariffs, basically to to reduce competition as much as possible and keep prices set at a certain level. We don't do this anywhere else in the economy. And it's really strange that we we continue this practice to this day in in this area. So not surprisingly, the Americans pointed to that and saying, uh, yeah, that, that seems unfair. And you know what? They probably have a point. So should this be something on the table in NAFTA talks? Seemed to me this would be a win-win. We could make the Americans happy and we could do a favor for Canadian consumers, which is maybe the more important point. The conservatives are upset, though, with the prime minister. Justin Trudeau was on Meet the Press on NBC this past weekend and was asked about this. I think on NAFTA, do you understand what the United States wants in this renegotiation? Uh, I think they want uh, a better deal on uh, their auto sector from Mexico, and I think they want more uh, access on certain agricultural products like dairy to Canada. Are you willing to give them that? Uh, we were moving towards uh, you know, flexibility in those areas that I thought was very, very promising. Um, but the United States want a sunset clause in NAFTA, right. which makes no sense. You don't sign a trade deal that automatically expires every five years. So the prime minister indicating some flexibility on the issue of supply management. That's encouraging. And along comes the Conservative Party of Canada, though, to denounce the prime minister for even conceding that much, saying that maintaining supply management is critical to the survival of Canada's rural communities that rely on milk, egg and poultry producers. 
Well, joining us uh, for some thoughts on this issue and some of the political posturing uh, around this issue, which unfortunately is, is nothing new in this country, very pleased to welcome the program. Uh, David Clement, he is North American Affairs Manager with the Consumer Choice Center. David, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks very much for having me on the show. Uh, you described Andrew Shear's comments on this as protectionist nonsense that hurts Canadian consumers. Explain that. Mm-hmm. So supply management, like you said, is a, is a set of policies to protect Canadian, uh, for the most part, dairy farmers, but it includes chicken, turkey, eggs as well. It protects them from competition. And by doing so, we actually inflate prices upwards of $500 a year per family. And so regular Canadian families are paying upwards of $500 more per year on their groceries because we're protecting these select farmers. And that the number of people who are actually pushed below the poverty line because it's increased expense is up to 189,000 Canadians. So we have almost 190,000 Canadians who are pushed below the poverty line because of these price inflations. And so from our perspective, from a consumer's perspective, getting rid of supply management to save NAFTA is a no-brainer. Right, yeah. I mean, if we can package it as a concession or a favor to the Americans, all the better. But I think the point you're Mm -hmm. making here is even if the Americans didn't care at all about this issue, that we as Canadian consumers should. Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Irrespective of these trade negotiations, it is a policy we should consider getting rid of. But the pressure is on, especially now, given that Trump has point blank said that we want market access for our dairy producers and we want you to 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 ease up on your tariffs and your restrictions for American producers. And those on the other side of the argument will, will say that that it's going to be damaging to Canadian dairy farmers. But most of the research on this actually suggests the opposite. And it's quite intuitive when you think about it, because if we open our marketplace to them, they do the same for us. And then all of a sudden, the marketplace for Canadian dairy is increased by 325 million Americans, which sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Yeah, no kidding. Well, it, it was really interesting. And I remember when, you know, word of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, uh, when mm-hmm. there was first word of a deal and that uh, you know, we saw beef producers, barley producers, grain producers uh, mm-hmm. celebrating this, saying, well, this is excellent. Now we'll have increased access to all of these different markets. It's going to help our, yep. our industries grow. And we got from, from the dairy and poultry producers, they were furious that we'd even concede a little bit on supply management. It's quite a contrast. we got certain ag sectors who are competing globally, look for new markets to get their product into. Uh, mm-hmm. And we got this other side that they just want to be sheltered. Exactly. You see non-supply managed uh, industries, so farmers who don't have this government protection, they want free trade. They're farmers for free trade. They want more access. They want the ability to sell to U.S. consumers or consumers around the world in terms of TPP. But for dairy farmers, it's different. They have this very privileged position in Canadian society where they get this protection. And what's what's crazy is that they're a very very minor sector in terms of the the grander. Uh, the, the larger size of the agricultural sector. They're just a, a small fraction of it. And yet they get this protection that nobody else gets. Uh, so it's incredibly unfair. We're actually seeing, uh, we're seeing that divide in terms of who is in favor of free trade and market access and who isn't. There is the, the matter of, of quotas, and these quotas uh, have become very yep. valuable, and, and I think that's by design. But if, if sure. you're going to end supply management, I mean, is, is there going to be a cost in the short term and the government 
you know, buying back these these uh, these quotas or, or compensating producers in some way? There is a way to buy back uh, quota. There's been a variety of different ways in which, uh, whether they be politicians or think tanks, have suggested it. One that I find particularly attractive is they buy back the quota, and it acts as essentially like a lifelong tax credit. And so you don't pay income tax all the way through the duration of you equaling whatever your uh, quota value is. And so what that would mean for for supply-managed farmers is that for many of them, they wouldn't pay income taxes probably for the rest of their lives, at least the ones who are first-generation in terms of farmers now. That would be, I think, an equitable policy where you respect the fact that they pay for quota without actually adding more subsidies into the mix. I certainly don't think uh, adding subsidies into the mix is, is the appropriate response. This was a big issue in the Conservative Party leadership race, and, and obviously mm-hmm. uh, Andrew Scheer, who prevailed. Uh, th- yep. This is not new. I mean, we, we know that he has very openly and passionately embraced the idea of supply management and protecting it. But does it seem counterintuitive to you that a party that ostensibly stands for lower taxes, free markets, mm-hmm. embraces a policy like this? I mean, it, it's completely backwards from, from our perspective. We have what was supposed to be the party of free trade. It's crazy to think that in that interview that you aired just just a few moments ago, Prime Minister Trudeau sounding more like Stephen Harper, and now we have Andrew Scheer sounding more like Jack Layton. Uh, it's perplexing when we think that the party who has championed free markets or championed free trade is so uh, inconsistent on this one niche issue. Yeah, it's it's disappointing, but sadly not new. Uh, much more at ConsumerChoiceCenter.org. David, thanks so much for joining us here today. really appreciate this. Thank you very much for having me on the show. All right, take care. That is uh, David Clement, North American Affairs Manager for the Consumer Choice Center. So again, putting aside NAFTA, whatever it is the Americans want, I think we as Canadians should be demanding an end to, to this policy that protects a select few and makes these products more expensive. Studies that have shown... Upwards of $500 a year for Canadian families. And put it another way, I mean, that's more or less, depending on your calculation, what Albertans are being hit with in terms of carbon taxes, Alberta families. Why are we so worked up about the, the imposition of the carbon tax and what it means to our bottom line? And we just kind of shrug and accept supply management and the impact to our bottom line. I, I find that interesting. We should get rid of it. And if that means we can help move things along in the NAFTA front, well, all the better. So to me, and I hear the prime minister indicate a willingness to be flexible. I see that as a positive sign. The fact that the Andrew Shee and the conservatives uh, see that as, as a source of outrage is depressing and, and frustrating. And what's even stranger about it, too, you had Aaron O'Toole, conservative MP, uh, take to the pages of the National Post and Post Media today. Uh, calling out the uh, the liberals on, on their approach to trade and saying that, look, there's a better way to getting a deal. And he doesn't address this issue at all. He says, when NAFTA negotiations began, the U.S. released a set of detailed trade issues it wanted to address in a modernized NAFTA agreement, which is true. And one of those issues is supply management. And Aaron O'Toole just kind of skips over that doesn't acknowledge that it's been a, a source of debate in these NAFTA talks, can, uh, talks and doesn't acknowledge the fact that his party seems to have drawn a line in the sand uh, and indicated that supply management is untouchable, that it's off limits. 
and it shouldn't be. Remember when we had the whole BSC outbreak, the mad cow disease, and we had all these countries cutting off Canadian beef and what a disaster it was and how much we fought to get those markets reopened because Canadian beef can compete internationally. Canadian beef producers want and need access to those markets. Obviously, Canadian beef is on the shelves here at home, too. They compete. They hold their own. They don't need that kind of shelter, that kind of protection from government. Same goes for pork producers, barley producers, grain producers, lentil producers. The list goes on and on. And yet the argument is that if we end supply management, that's it. No more dairy farmers in Canada. No more dairy producers, poultry producers, egg producers. That's it. It's over for them. Last one, turn off the lights. I don't buy that. That didn't happen in Australia or New Zealand, for example, two countries that once had supply management type policies and ended them. And instead, those countries, New Zealand in particular, became a real dairy powerhouse, an exporter, and their industry is better for it. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.